You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget right here on Moody Radio 89.3. And we're talking about the infinite and everlasting. It's two sacred dances coming to the Kravitz Center April 8th at 7 p.m. just before Easter. To tell us all about it is Kristen Venzel, who's Associate Artistic Director and Rehearsal Director at the Demetrius Klein Dance Company. Kristen, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for have me, having me, guys. Mm-hmm. It's really good to be here today. So this dance company is... Um, not some fly-by-night organization. This has been around for quite a while, correct? Yes. We're actually the oldest modern dance company in Florida. Wow. That's, that's saying something, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And this performance of Messiah, this is actually the 37th annual. So you've also been doing this performance for quite a while. Yes. This piece to the music of uh, Handel's Messiah is very important to our company. 37th mm-hmm. year, like you said, in some way, shape, or form. We've had this piece as a part of our repertoire all this time. And so we always perform this typically around this time, around Easter time. But this year we actually are doing part of the piece for Act One. And then we have another very special piece that premiered in 2002. So not quite as old, but still uh, very special to our company called Prayer Cycle. And so we're adding that to this concert this year and we're very excited about it. Hmm. The the Messiah, I always think of it as a Christmas presentation. This is not a... uh, as I remember, this isn't Christmas. We're getting ready for Easter, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, actually, we've performed it at Christmas time over the years as well. And Handel wrote many of these songs. Actually, some of them cover more of the Christmas message and some of them cover more of the Easter message. So mm. we kind of moved it to Easter a few years ago and really liked the timing and where it fell in the year better. So we've continued to do that for the last few years. Tell us about the dance company, Demetrius Klein. I know you mentioned it's not necessarily a, a Christian one, but uh, lots of different people, maybe different beliefs. You yourself, a believer in Christ. And just I know you've shared in the past a little bit about your approach to dance. So maybe a little bit about the company and your approach. Yes, definitely. Yeah, we're not a Christian dance company. We're actually very diverse. Uh, we have people from various worldviews and backgrounds, various ages and stages as well. But uh For me personally, my love for Jesus really informs everything that Mm -hmm. I do as an artist. And dance, I like to say dance is truly my heart language. Mm -hmm. And it's really become a special part of my prayer life, my worship. And when I dance, really, I'm connecting with the Lord and I'm praying that he's moving through me, whether that be in just, you know, by myself or Mm -hmm. uh, in a rehearsal or on a stage of any kind. And we're very passionate as a company asking the two questions, who gets to see art and who gets to make it? And so we like to break down a lot of walls when it comes to what our culture and maybe even what dance culture says about who gets to make art and who gets to see it. Uh, Some of the ways we do that is by performing in unusual venues, being part of community events and different dance initiatives. We really want to break down the walls that prevent people a lot of times from being in the audience and walls that prevent people a lot of times from being a part of the process as well. And so um, we're very passionate about that. Who gets to see art, I guess, is interesting. What are some of the reactions you get from someone who gets to see it that it might be a new experience or something that they're not used to because you know, whatever the reason is that uh, this is the first time they've ever, ever experienced something like that? What's What's the reaction you get? Most often, I guess. Yeah. Well, for our company in particular, because we have such diversity in ages and um, we're a very unique dance company and how inclusive we are in many ways. And a lot of times the audience afterwards will say, it's like real people dancing. (laughs) I see myself there. 
And so I think that really helps people enter in to whatever it is we're doing. And even the message of that particular dance, it gives them a place to kind of connect in a deeper way. And so that's something that's been really powerful. And sometimes people just don't know how much they can be moved by dance and love dance. And if they happen upon it in a different venue, it also kind of breaks down some of the preconceived notions they may have had. And in, as a Christian, that's something that I am constantly praying about, that the Lord will move through dance in people's lives. Because there's, I'm kind of paraphrasing a quote, but I see the Lord is really using dance in powerful ways that really to express what words cannot. Mm-hmm. And so um, I see that as a real powerful way to connect with people. What's yeah. the strangest venue? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, um, several years ago, we danced on the corner of Avernia and Dixie in front of a parking garage. Okay. And that was with the Downtown Development Authority. It was an amazing show. And we danced in the uh, stairwell as well. There are windows and murals there. So that was really neat. And it was a pop-up show. So Sounds we... like West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> right, <Yes>. right. <laughs> yeah, and I loved how you said that um, this is something of how you can connect to the Lord even through prayer. I think that's a unique way of thinking of dance as a form of worship. Mm-hmm. I think what's really special to me about performing Prayer Cycle again, and it's been a number of years that, since we've performed the entire piece, is that I— I've really had some rich experiences with this particular dance. And one of those um, was actually during the premiere in 2002. I was in the original cast of this piece. And during the show, just before the intermission, when we were about to perform Prayer Cycle, there's a male-female duet in this piece that's beautiful. And I actually get to dance it with my husband this year, which I'm really excited about as well. And um, back in 2002, the male who was going to do that duet got hurt during the show in another piece. And as we were addressing his injury, um, our director, Demetrius Klein, looked at another man and said, you're doing the duet. And as we watched in the wings, we were praying, and no one really would have known that he was not the person who normally (laughs) had done it, who had rehearsed it. He was familiar with it, but he was not planning to be in that role. And the woman actually who was dancing with him kept whispering what to do next. And... We were in the wings. I was just so moved to tears and, you know, had to compose myself before I went out to state on the stage again. And I realized in that moment that this piece about prayer really became a piece about prayer. Hmm. We were praying in the wings for all of this to work. And, and it, we were so beautifully moved beyond the moment. Hmm. And something really shifted in me that day as a dancer. I, I really learned to commit my art, this craft that I would go on to love more and more over the years really commit that completely to the Lord and to his purposes. And in that moment, dance really became an act of worship for me. And that became a pivotal moment for me for the rest of my, not just career, but really my life. I noticed your husband's not here. Did you drag him into this or does he enjoy doing this? (laughs) Yeah, I always say he, when people say, oh, your husband dances, I say when I ask him to, yes. (laughs) He he does enjoy it. Um, He doesn't get to do it as much as I get to do it. But so I love when he gets to be with me in these, especially duet moments that we get to share together. Hmm. Well, I guess I should ask, is he a part of the performance, the Messiah performance happening April 8th, 7 p.m. at the Kravitz Center? I know you are. Uh, is he also a part of this yes. one? Okay. Yes, he will be in both Messiah and Prayer Cycle for a few moments as a guest artist. So, you know, this is an artistic, but it's also an athletic, comp- not competition, but it, it has uh, elements of 
of an athlete up there. It just has to, the way that you are doing this, which means that you mentioned injury. Injury is a part of that. And you've said you've got all ages and all kinds of people up there. And what's it mean for somebody who um, might not be accepted by other dance troops to say, no, 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 come join us. We know you maybe can't do this because of whatever, uh, but you can do it. What does it mean to somebody in your your team uh, that is able to perform even though they might be limited in certain ways because of whether it's an injury or an age or whatever it is? Yeah. We really respect and honor each dancer that we have in our company. And we not only have different stages of life, but we have different stages of where we are in our uh, expertise. Mm. And so as a company, we really take care of each other in that way. We also have been taught to know our bodies and know what we can do and what we're capable of. If we need to, in a rehearsal, pull back a little because we don't want to get injured, we give each other the freedom to do that. And we trust each other to be able to get the job done and come through when the time comes. Mm. And so we take it very seriously, but we also don't take ourselves so seriously that we push beyond what we should be doing. And so our director, Demetrius Klein, as well, is such he's just brilliant with how he can take a person and help them do the best that they possibly can do. And so we really thrive in that environment as artists. We're able to truly be a community. And that's something he's fostered now. I've danced with him for over 20 years. And that's something he's fostered in us so much so that we are still connected with people who used to dance with us. You know, we're a very tight community sharing in each other's lives still. And so I think it comes down to respect and honor and letting people be who they are, where they're at, and really loving them right there. And that really frees them up to do what they can do and to be the artist they can be, whatever stage of life they're in. Yeah. So how does someone find out about not just this show that's coming April 8th, but like, oh, I think I might want to try something like that. Yeah, I hear Bridget saying that. (laughs) Maybe I don't know. I heard. Yeah, Eric, you want to dance? Yeah, 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 yeah. He totally does. That was not a still small voice. (laughs) (laughs) I think I heard that. Uh huh. Well, we have our website is DIYdance.org, and that is a great place to connect with us. We're also on social media on Facebook and Instagram, and that's a great place to connect. I know another one of our passions is really helping dancers who want to dance dance. And a lot of times for adults, that's sometimes hard to find a place that they can really go and do that. So we are always open to connecting with people there. And then also people who haven't danced and always have wanted to. We also love working with people in that category, too. So definitely reaching out. I will probably be the one to respond. And I love uh, connecting with people in the community and just being an encourager, too, because I have to dance. It's a part of who I am. And so I understand if someone out there is saying, I need to, too. And I love to just help people find a way to make that work in their life. There's always a way. I have four kids. I homeschool. And I, at you know, different seasons have been a little different. My kids are a little bit older now, so I have even a little bit more freedom than I did even a couple years ago. But there's always a way as an artist to continue in your art. And it, even though it looks different, there's always a way to keep going with that so that as it is a part of your life, you can continue to have it. My kids used to come to rehearsal with me. Our company was has always been that way. If you're, you know, bring your kids, whatever you have to do to get here, make it happen. And we've taken care of each other's kids. I have some photos of other dancers holding one of my babies as I'm rehearsing something. And we've always been that 
had that environment of our family really comes before this career, but also our career can work around our family. Mm. And so there's a way to make that work together, which is different a lot of times than what our culture says. Mm. So I've been to performances where I'm ready to, you know, jump up and applaud at the end of it. I've been to performances where I sat at the end of it and just kind of contemplated what just happened. What's what's the desire, your desire at the end of this I would think really impactful um, routine. What What is your desire when someone is in the audience and they've experienced this? Mm, that's an excellent question. So I think it does depend upon what we are performing. I think for me personally, with these two pieces, it's the day before Easter, mm-hmm. April 8th. And so to me, that's very special. You know, we think of a lot of things leading up to Christmas we go and do together as a family. But sometimes Easter, I feel like gets a little bit left out. (laughs) You know, some of us maybe observe Lent, but at the same time, there's not a lot that we're really doing typically to prepare for Easter Sunday. And I really see this performance the day before Easter as a special way to do that. And I think there will be a lot of moments that will compel contemplation I think there will be a lot of moments that will compel more rejoicing. Um, Hallelujah Chorus is part mm-hmm. of the show. So, you know, that's always a fun, <laughs> uh, joyful part right. of the show. And I think um, really as an audience member, it's okay to have a different experience than the person next to you. Mm-hmm. I think that my personal prayer is definitely, Lord, meet people where they are here in the audience. So. You know, each person in the audience, we have uh, almost 300 seats available. They are all going to have a different experience. And I think that's beautiful. There's not something specific that is necessarily my goal. It's really that the Lord moves the people who watch it. Mm. And in Handel's Messiah, you know, every single word is about Jesus. Mm. He wrote it. And it's really cool if you research how... Handel came up with all of this. It's a beautiful story as well of of joy and hope and encouragement. And then prayer cycle, there's just so many beautifully powerful moments. There are many languages in that piece as well. Um, there's only one part that's actually sang in English. Mm. So there's a lot there are a lot of moments that I think are actually beyond words literally as well, if you're someone who doesn't know the particular languages mm. being sang. And so it will be very interesting to hear from the audience as well because Messiah is a little bit more classical in still modern dance and then Prayer Cycle is uh, totally different in a lot of ways. So I think it'll be a very unique experience for the audience members too. Well, it's happening April 8th, 7 p.m. at the Kravitz Center. It's the infinite and the everlasting. We actually have a link on our webpage where you can secure your tickets. It's at ericandbridget.org. All right. Well, thank you for coming yes. in. This has really been good. And uh, it's it'll be interesting to see Bridget up there next year during the, the, this event. <laughs> and I was yes. just about to say, go to Facebook Live because Eric's going to be doing some purettes. Okay, not wow. really. <laughs> We'd not hoped. Happening. We'd hoped, but we didn't quite get there, Kristen. Well, thank you so much for coming in. It's going to be a special <laughs> event. Again, get your tickets. We've got links at ericandbridget.org.